This is Laura Lovett reporting for Sprouts, connecting communities to science. Thank you for joining me for my first episode. You may have heard that ominous term, gas leak, but what does it actually mean? Under our cities and towns, there are thousands of pipelines that run natural gas into our homes. Those pipes can leak. There are severe leaks and there are small leaks. Gas companies are required to fix potentially explosive leaks, but are not required to fix all leaks. In Massachusetts alone, there are 16,507 unfixed gas leaks. There are numerous community organizations out there trying to raise awareness about the issue, such as Mothers Out Front. Today, we are talking to Audrey Schulman of HEAT, or Home Energy Efficiency Team, a nonprofit based in Cambridge, which has done extensive work on gas leak mapping. When we come back, we'll be with Audrey, and we'll be talking about how do gas leaks impact your community and your health. So I thought we could start out. Could you tell me a little bit about the type of work that HEAT is doing with gas leaks right now? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So right now, HEAT is uh, doing a lot of work to both educate people in general about gas leaks, um, as well as to help them take action on the issue and to help the utilities figure out how to reduce the problem. Uh, So the and to talk about the problem with gas leaks, uh, natural gas is uh, primarily made of methane. Methane's a greenhouse gas on steroids. It's if you look at it in terms of the 20-year time frame of what it does to the planet, it is uh, over 80 times worse than CO2, which we know is bad on its own. So uh, molecule for molecule, uh, methane will hurt the planet a lot more. Um, and so it's really horrible if natural gas leaks out from the pipes because it's then, rather than being burned and turned to CO2, it is released as methane, which will hurt the planet much more. Now, how did you get interested in this type of work? I read an article in the Boston Globe about Professor Nathan Phillips's work from Boston University, how he had uh, surveyed uh, the all the streets in Boston to find out there were over 3,000 gas leaks in Boston, and that the amount of gas lost wasted uh, it basically erased all the savings of the state's energy efficiency program called Mass Save. Um, and that up till then, HEAT had been an enti- uh, entirely energy efficiency organization where we'd worked closely with Mass Save to help people reduce their uh, energy bills and energy emissions at home. But as soon as I heard the gas leaks erase that, I was like, okay, I got to do something about gas leaks. Now, you know, I know heat does a lot of mapping of gas leaks. Um, say I look at my map of my, you know, home street and there are a few gas leaks. Should I panic or what should I be doing? Well, um, to, to back up, because I don't think I've described well enough what the problems are with gas leaks. So not only is it a climate change uh, problem, but it's also uh, it hurts trees because trees have to inhale oxygen through their roots in order to live. So if uh, gas is percolating up through the soil uh, from the pipe under the ground, it will displace that oxygen and can suffocate the tree by the roots. So there's tree damage. And then there's also the fact that it's uh, the 
cost of the lost gas is passed on to us ratepayers. So we have to pay to potentially hurt the well to hurt the climate and potentially to uh, damage our trees, which seems to add you know insult to injury. Uh, and so uh, the maps. <laughs> uh, when I learned about this issue, I saw, I heard that there were there was the ability. Uh, well, that uh, the utilities reported to the DPU, to the Par Department of Public Utilities, um, where all the gas leaks were in the state. So I looked that information up on the, the public DPU website, and it was in size four font, hundreds of pages, incredibly boring. And I thought, this is, this could be really interesting. If only I could see it. So I thought maybe I could just map, you know, using Google Maps. I could just pull out the data for one town and map that. And so I did that for Cambridge. And I thought, this is fascinating, uh, you know, to be able to see where the gas leaks were. Um, and, and so I started doing it for other towns and showed people, and they were interested. So I did it for, in the end, over uh, 200 towns across Massachusetts, mapping over 20,000 gas leaks. And I've done that every year since. Um, and what is extraordinary about the maps is that it allows to make the global, it makes the global local. It makes the invisible visible because people don't trust their noses. You know, I used to walk by this gas leak uh, along the, along Charles River and it was, I would smell it every time, but I would look around at other people and they would be acting normal. So I thought, oh, it must be my imagination. I'm not smelling uh, what I think I'm smelling because otherwise other people would be reacting. And so finally one day I called it in and uh, they fixed it that day. Uh, and that gave me such an extraordinary sense of like, oh, <laughs> what uh, to learn to trust my nose and to learn to take action, which is what everybody should do. Now, that's actually really interesting. So can you smell gas leaks? Yeah, so um, natural gas on its own, when as it comes from, you know, is naturally, naturally, um, has no odor at all. So the companies add um, mercaptan to, the, to it, which is a chemical that's engineered for us to be able to smell. The human nose is extraordinarily capable of uh, detecting this, the odor of natural gas. So if you smell natural gas, you're smelling natural gas, call it in. Every utility has a number on its website to call in gas leaks because it is possible they could be explosive, potentially explosive. And so it's important to tell the utilities where they are. Actually, could you talk to me a little bit about that? Um, you know, how do you know if a gas leak is explosive or what makes a gas leak explosive? Um, is it how much gas or is it placement? What makes it explosive? Uh, it's a great question. So the utilities are the best ones able to determine that. But uh, in general, the you have to have between five and fifteen percent of the air be gas in order for it to be explosive. If it's under that, it doesn't have enough gas to be able to explode. And if it's over that, there is not enough oxygen for the explosion to happen. So it's just in that range that natural gas becomes dangerous. Um, so if it's in a contained space, uh, like I'm in a manhole, in a building, that's when you get, uh, in general, a dangerous situation. 
So, uh, that, um, and that's, those are called grade one leaks and they are fixed immediately upon being detected by the utility. Uh, the second type is any gas that begins to get near the foundation of a building. Under those circumstances, it could potentially get into the building and cause a problem. So those are monitored and generally fixed within a year. Uh, and the third kind of leak is every other leak. So you could have uh, a, you know, giant gusher of a leak out in the middle of a road, far from a building, and the utilities would not be mandated to fix that. And to be more clear, they would up until recently have been told not to, in general, waste their money fixing those leaks because the DPU, the Department of Public Utilities, um, monitors very closely how they spend their money because they don't want the utilities to waste ratepayer resources. So, uh, so that has caused a big problem. We've, through my mapping, uh, we found one gas leak in Boston, for instance, that was 30 years old. So we had a birthday party for it. On its 30th birthday, um, we had a birthday cake with no candles, you know, because <laughs> it was a gas leak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that gas leak was old enough to have gone to college, to have gotten its first job, to, you know, like be going further forward in its career. Like, I mean, that's, a, that's an old gas leak. <laughs> and now I know Massachusetts has a lot of gas leaks. Um, why is that? Um, does it have more than other states? Uh, it does. It's got the second oldest and uh, most leak-prone uh, infrastructure in the country. And that's because Massachusetts, you know, was settled uh, before many other parts of the states of the, the country. So it's there are uh, gas pipes still in use through downtown Boston that date back to uh, the 1860s. So if you imagine a pipe that old, it's, it's old. <laughs> and uh, to make it um, uh, the pipes, the way that we used to be made, they were, the joints were sealed with jute, which is basically grass fiber. It's, it's like what used to be made, uh, ropes, rope was made out of. And, uh, so the chemical components in gas, the humidity level has changed over time so that that jute used to be moist enough that it would seal well. But now natural gas is very, very dry. And so all that jute has dried out. And so with the old pipes, every joint is leaking because that jute has basically become uh, straw and fallen out of the joints. Now, what do they put in place when they're going to repair a gas leak? I'm assuming it's not the same thing. Um, they do a variety of things from everything from uh, gas main replacement, which is taking the, you know, putting in an entirely new gas main. Um, and that's generally the best in terms of stopping leaks, but it's very expensive and there's a lot of disruption that goes with it. I mean, they have to dig up a big chunk of the street. Uh, the second thing is they can, um, just seal wherever the joint problem, you know, wherever the point, uh, the problem is where there's leaks. Um, and they can do that in a variety of way, including, uh, sleeving the inside of the joint with a plastic, basically a plastic straw, um, to, uh, to fix the, the leaks. But there, there's a whole bunch of different types of technologies out there to fix the leaks. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I keep hearing this term super emitters. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about exactly what is a super emitter um, and you know how does that impact the environment? Right. So the, the uh, super emitters are giant gushers of gas, gas leaks. All gas leaks are not the same. Some of them are teeny little things that uh, barely emit any gas. And you wouldn't want to fix every one of those because that would cost too much money. And uh, the, you know, the carbon, uh, the embodied energy of the concrete that you'd be, you know, the asphalt that you'd be digging up would not be worth the little teeny amount of gas you're going to save, right? So what you want to do is find the biggest gas leaks uh, to be able to fix them first, to harvest the most emissions for the least cost and disruption. So uh, about a year ago, there was a, a research study in Boston that showed that just 7% of the gas leaks emit 50% of the gas by volume. Uh, so then they were called super emitters. Um, and so if we can find these big gas gushers and fix them, then we will have cut the emissions in half from gas leaks for the least cost, like I said, and least disruption. So uh, we've heat has partnered with uh, Mothers Out Front and uh, the uh, when we're working with the utilities, Columbia Gas, Eversource, and National Grid. Um, these are the main utilities here in Massachusetts to uh, do a pilot study to try to figure out how best to find these these super emitters, these, these what are called uh, high emitters. Um, and there was a law passed last year that the utilities have to do this. But the problem is, is that utilities up until now have been told only to worry about safety mm. and not to worry about volume of emissions. So they don't know how to easily, in a scalable, uh, inexpensive way, uh, find the high volume leaks. The way the scientists do it, it's extremely laborious. <laughs> and uh, you couldn't possibly do that for 16,000 gas leaks across the state, right? So um, we've been studying, the utilities have shared with us uh, leaks that they believe are high volume. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are, we have been over the summer going to each of these uh, gas leaks to try to figure out if they are emitting a lot of gas, and if so, what characteristics they have that uh, might allow a utility to easily, quickly figure out if they are high volume. And I, I think I'm happy to say that I think we have the answer now. And we are announcing the ans uh, answer uh, uh, soon, in a few weeks, with a lot of publicity um, and uh, with the partnership of the utilities. So that it's a lovely, lovely collaboration of uh, researchers, you know, academics, uh, nonprofits, utilities, for-profit companies in coming up with a practical answer that reduces emissions, saves money for all the ratepayers, and, uh, you know, decreases disruption. Now, you just mentioned one law. Um, are there any other laws that are on Beacon Hill right now or kind of on the docket um, for this year that are around gas leaks? Yeah, there's one uh, called the Consumer Protection Bill. And that bill uh, would help to incentivize the utilities to consider, uh, to take into account the lost gas that can be leaked from these, these old pipes. Uh, take that into account more, more deeply. It would stop the utilities from passing 
the cost of the lost gas entirely onto the ratepayers. Um, and that would mean that they would just be incentivized to, to care a little bit more and uh, to think how to harvest the most amount of emissions and save the most money in the most practical way possible. Now, have any other states done this? Yeah, there's, I think it's seven other states that have done this in one way or another. The regulations or laws are different state by state in, in these cases. Um, but uh, there, there's a variety that have done this, including, if I remember correctly, Texas. And within three years of the Texas law, um, the emissions or the lost gas was uh, reduced, I believe, by 50%. Um, and if I remember correctly, that came from a, a Senator Markey's report on lost gas. Um, so uh, if, we, you know, if Texas can do it, we can do it here in Massachusetts. Great. Um, let's talk some numbers. So, you know, what are we looking at for how many gas leaks are in Massachusetts? Um, what about, you know, approximately in Boston? Um, you know, what are we looking at here? So um, the utilities every year report the number of the number and addresses of gas leaks, which is how heat makes its maps. And th those maps, by the way, are on squeakyleak.org. Um, or you can go to heat's website, eight. Um, H-E-E-T-M-A.org. But um, the utilities currently are reporting 16,000 gas leaks across this, this state, Massachusetts. Independent researchers have found anywhere from 1.7 to three times more leaks than the utilities are reporting. Um, so, and that might be partly a different definition of what is a leak, because um, if you're standing on the ground, uh, you know, on the surface, uh, and you detect gas, you don't know whether there's one hole in the pipe underneath you or 30 holes on three different pipes underneath you, right? So, and uh, because neighborhoods tend to be built of the same material at the same time, if you've found one leak, you're probably standing on leak-prone infrastructure. Uh, and so gas leaks tend to congregate. And now, when they're repairing gas leaks, um, do they repair just that one section or do they repair, you know, that road seems to have a lot of gas leaks. We're going to repair this road. How does that work? Um, they have to uh, make a, a judgment based on safety. Um, so if they think the whole pipe is going to crack and possibly uh, be catastrophic, then they tend to do gas main replacement as quickly as they can. Um, and if instead they, you know, it's just one potential leak that they, that is making, is beginning to look like it could potentially build up to the point where it's explosive in a contained space and they'll fix it also really quickly or just schedule it to be repaired before it reaches that point. And now, um, say someone's listening and they're really interested in gas leaks and they want to get involved. How would you suggest um, them taking those first steps to get involved with repairing this? Um, okay, so first let me do the pitch of why one more time. So the reason why, just to sort of put numbers on, on gas leaks, is uh, there was a Harvard uh, and Boston University study uh, back two years ago, I believe, where they put monitors in the, uh, on tall buildings around Boston to measure the amount of ethane, which is a chemical marker found only in natural gas. And from the results, they calculated that about 2.7% of all the gas that the utilities are trying to ship to us instead is being leaked out into the atmosphere. That amount of gas, because 
uh, methane is such a greenhouse gas on steroids, is equivalent to 10% of our state's greenhouse gas emissions inventory, or basically all the emissions from our stores and businesses. So it's a large, large problem, and that's on the cons- very conservatively calculated. So, uh, and the amount of get lost gas to us ratepayers is about ninety million dollars worth of gas. So it's a lot of money and it's a lot of emissions, and that's why this is a really critical, important uh, subject. Um, if you want to get involved, I would suggest a variety of things. First off, if you smell gas, call it in because it could potentially be explosive, and you're smelling the with the future of climate change. Um, secondly, uh, and again, those numbers are on your utilities website. Um, secondly, I would say you can call your senator, you know, or a representative here in Massachusetts to ask them to uh, support or pass that consumer protection bill uh, about uh, where the lost gas, the cost of the lost gas is not passed on to the ratepayer. Because that's just the smartest incentive for the utilities to take this, the lost gas seriously. And third, you could always, um, you know, volunteer with, work with Mothers Out Front or with Heat to to help, uh, you know, educate people about the issue and take action on the issue. And now um, you said there's going to be an announcement coming up on how to fix these um, super emitters or find them. When can we expect that? Um, it should be in the next few weeks, uh, The uh, I would say by early October. Is there anything I haven't asked yet that you think is important to add about the gas leaks issue? Um, no, it's much better to burn the gas, uh, to use the gas, because it's a, a fossil fuel. It's very, it's a limited resource, and we should really take it, uh, you know, seriously uh, in, instead of wasting it. Thank you so much. In our next episode, we will be continuing our discussion of gas leaks and have on with us Nathan Phillips, a Boston University professor and a leading expert on gas leaks.